Hello, welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Today, Apostle hosts a healing service. He exhorts us from scripture on how Jesus Christ has already made healing and deliverance available to us. Just after that, he takes us through a prayer session where he prays for the sick. If you are sick or you have anyone sick, this service is definitely for you. Participate, believe the word, and confess it as you listen to this. Here comes your healing. Be blessed. Thank you all for being in tune. I would especially like to take a moment and just acknowledge before I acknowledge my team today, I'd especially like to acknowledge um, someone who's been very instrumental in, in me being able to minister to you all on this global platform because of certain things that I have been taught and um, I, would, I, would, I would love to acknowledge my pastor, Pastor Cholwe, for giving us so much wisdom on how we can always stay ahead and how we can manage such practices. Pastor Sir, thank you. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. When certain things started, we were not in a position where we didn't know what to do because of certain things that we were taught. Um, the past few years on how we can stay ahead in such moments. I'd like to acknowledge my team, my church board, my church uh, media team, uh, the deaconry, um, all the other departments that have been doing their all to ensure that we still have church despite the circumstances. And I'd like to let you know that you're all greatly missed there's nothing I'm looking forward to more than congregational worship. I can imagine the blissful praise and worship service that we'll have. So there's nothing I'm looking forward to more than congregational worship. At this moment, I want to introduce you to today's teaching. And it's a Partnership Sunday. For those who don't know what Partnership Sunday is, it's a Sunday where we, uh, we give a special offering to the Lord so that we can improve the work of God. For us to be able to do all these studio setups and all these things that you're seeing, it's because of partnership Sundays from yesteryear. And so as a ministry, we set a partnership Sunday, usually every three months, to just improve the work of God. And we decided that we'll not let the circumstances stop us from doing what we do. If the circumstances are not stopping us from praying, if they're not stopping us from worshiping, then there's no reason for them to stop us from giving because for us, that's still our normal life. And so today, um, I'm continuing. I've been teaching on grace since February. And in a lesson, I had defined grace as unmerited favor. And in another one, we began to define grace as a divine exchange. He became so that we can become. And maybe I'll just give you a brief recap 
Firstly, we looked at how he became sin. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 21, the Bible says, God made he who had no sin to become sin so that in him, so that we might become the righteousness of God. So he became sin so we might become righteous. And you know, when I taught on this, one thing that I emphasized is that it's so interesting how people easily identify with the first Adam, but don't want to identify with the second Adam. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I asked them a question. I asked, are you born again? And they said, yes. I said, okay. And I asked, um, are you righteous? They said, I don't think so. I, I really can't be righteous. That's too far. I think that only God is. So I said, are you a sinner? That I think so. Yeah, I am. And so I asked, what did I ask? Um, did you become a sinner because of doing bad things or were you born that way? And the person confidently said, I was born that way. So I asked, then how do you become righteous? I mean, if you are born a sinner, then the only way to become righteous is to be born righteous. That's why Jesus comes and teaches on being born again. And I, I, must, I must mention something. If you think there is no one righteous, then you're deceived. First John chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says, Little children, let no one deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Now, someone will say, but then the Bible says there is none righteous. That's the problem. You didn't read it. He was giving a story in a context, and he's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. And he explains how they were all born under sin, and there was none righteous. And then he goes over down to verse 21 and reveals the righteousness that has been revealed, which is not by the law, but is by faith. And by the way, the righteousness by faith came first. Praise God. The promise came before. Uh, it came first. Ask Abraham. It came first. The promise came before the slave. Isaac was, Isaac was there before Ishmael. It's just that he was a promise initially. Praise God. And then last week we looked at the chastisement of our peace. I, I enjoyed that sermon. It showed how Jesus was chastised. He was punished. He received the punishment we should have received. So the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And today we're going to look at uh, possibly two more exchanges as we build up to a powerful Easter and Communion Sunday where we'll be having communion um, from our homes. And so we're going to give you instructions. You'll buy the elements that are needed. Uh, there are people who feel maybe the communion won't be taken a certain way because it's not, the, it's not the church that has bought the elements. No. The first ever Passover, it's the people who prepared the sheep on their own. There are even substitutes. If you don't have a sheep, use this. So uh, in a similar manner, we are also going to provide um, instructions and then we'll have communion together and we'll celebrate the Passover. Okay? And if you didn't know, the Passover, biblically, that's when a new year starts. So we'll celebrate the Passover and it will be a new dawn. Praise God. So now, today we're continuing with the divine exchange. But we're going to focus firstly on the healing ministry of Jesus. You're listening to me right now and you are suffering from any form of sickness, 
could be a virus, it could be an infection, it could be an ailment, it could be a disease, it could be something chronic, it could be something temporal, it could be something that has been passed down from generations, it could be something that just came, it could be something that seems permanent, it could be something that seems like it can go. Whatever it is, this that I'm preaching to you is greater than it. And you're listening to me, and you want to go and heal the sick. This message that I'm preaching is for you. Praise God. This session, the incurable will be cured. So right now, share, tag those people, invite those people, let them listen to this. Let them listen. Share this. Now, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter number 53. And we're going to look at verse 4. But maybe for context for today, let's start from verse 1. Isaiah 53, theologians call this the gospel according to Isaiah. What a man. You know, being a prophet, Isaiah had an opportunity to preach the gospel to people who had no idea what he was talking about. I can imagine how lost Isaiah looked. Can you imagine, Jesus is not yet born, and 600 years before Jesus, he's telling them, who has believed our report? And they're saying, what are you talking about? And he's saying, and, and he begins talking about Jesus in the present tense, and yet he's not yet born. That's how the prophetic is. That's why we who have got a prophetic inclination, we live ahead of our time. We live ahead of our time. That's why don't be ashamed when the world laughs at you for being your Keep building that ark. We live ahead of our time. There was a time when we took preaching on Facebook and WhatsApp so seriously. Personally, I had three or four groups, and they were so serious. There were schedules. Uh, there were times for preaching. That's on WhatsApp. There were uh, admins. You could be removed. There were rules and all those things. And people were thinking, oh, these internet pastors, these internet pastors. Right now, that's where everyone is running to the internet. So when you're prophetic, you live ahead of your time. Praise God. So it says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Let's go. So that shows you that the arm of the Lord is revealed to the one who believes the report. That's who the arm of the Lord is revealed to, the one who believes the report. For he shall grow up before him. Uh, before we go on, you know, I'm thinking about the report. In the scriptures, do you remember when an evil report was given to the Israelites? An evil report is when a perspective is given which completely does not acknowledge what God has said. So they both saw the same giants, but then these guys gave an evil report because they didn't just come and say they were giants. They came and said, you can't defeat them. So it's one thing for somebody to give you a medical report and say, uh, you've been diagnosed with this. It's another thing for them to tell you, nothing can happen, you can never come out of this, and all that That part, I beg to differ. Who has believed the report of the Lord? Someone type, I've believed. You can say it out loud, I've believed. And so he begins to talk about Jesus. And notice, he says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. And then suddenly, it seems like he skipped the growing phase. And he now begins to 
see Jesus in that phase where he suffers. He begins to see Jesus at the cross, in that procession of the cross. Because notice, he has now changed for he shall grow up. He now starts, he has. It's now in the present. I can imagine what he saw. And it says, he has no form or calmliness. No form or calmliness. When I think about that, have you ever seen a person who's been given one, two, or three punches? Maybe even four. Have you ever just watched a boxing match? I think I watched a boxing match recently. Uh, it should have been Tyson Fury versus the other guy. And of course, you know that Christians are like Tyson Fury because of their aggressiveness. It sounds like an evangelist. I believe Jesus is our God. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, at the end of the match, the other guy was unrecognizable. You couldn't recognize him. So can you imagine how Jesus looked that day with everything that he got to experience? No form of comeliness. On that day, if a person is, is uh, there's a celebrity, a famous one, who everyone saw as this uh, beauty queen, and then one time her uh, fiance or something like that beat her up and the photos went global. I'm telling you, you couldn't recognize her. There was no form of comeliness. There's a reason why that photo is not her Instagram profile picture, because there's no form of comeliness at that moment. So that's, that's the hero. You can imagine, that's the hero. No form of communist. And yet, this is someone who has the power to eliminate them all. Do you remember when Peter tried to kill one of the guys, when Peter slashed one of the guy's ears with a sword? Do you remember what he said? He said, listen, I don't even need you. I'm paraphrasing. I can pray to the Father and he will send 24 legions. That's possibly, he said 12 legions, that's possibly about 24,000 angels. So they could have all been eliminated in a second, and yet he allowed them to do that to him because there was somebody he was thinking about, and that person's name is the name you're just about to call out right now. And he says he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. You know, the model king in the Bible was always uh, handsome. Let, let's just put it out there. Notice David, the Bible says he was tall, dark, and handsome. The glory of God. And you observe King Saul's chosen King Saul. The Bible says you're taller than everyone. There's always this thing, like there was always this appearance a king had to have that instilled confidence in the people. Now, our king, in his moment of glory on the earth, there was no beauty that any person should desire. Who would desire a person who's just been beaten up like the worst criminal? Who would desire such a person? Who would come and say, that's my king? By revelation, we can look back say, oh, that's my king. Hallelujah, what a savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, healing, loving. La, 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 la. He'll be with me till the end. Back to the sermon. You know, I was on radio yesterday, and the person interviewing me said he had done a lot of research on me. And he was saying, wow, you break out into songs so many times. When is your album? 
So I think I've heard the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> the next verse. Woo. He is despised and rejected by men. This is a man who had multitudes. But in his moment of glory, what did Isaiah say? He was despised. He was rejected. Can you imagine that some of the people who he healed were probably some of them who were shouting, crucify him. Do you know that some of the people that were there were people who he had ministered to? Because you can imagine people he had ministered to. And they rejected him. Even his own disciples rejected him in this moment. And he says, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Post Isaiah 53, don't let this happen to you. When you see people talking about the church, talking about God's ministers, over things that have to pretend to God's word, don't hide your face and say, oh, pastor, you're on your own. Don't you think that's denying Jesus? That's denying his principles. When his principles don't seem popular, don't deny him. Don't side with the world to fight the church. Don't do that. Post Isaiah 53, you should not hide your face from him. But that's what happened. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. I can tell you in certain forums, it's become unpopular to say you're a Christian. It's become unpopular to say you believe the Bible the way it is. It's become unpopular to say wives submit to your husbands. It's become unpopular to say uh, give your offerings. It's become unpopular to say pay tithe. It's become unpopular to just preach the word of God as it is. So you know what people do? They hide their faces and they do not esteem him. And, and, and then you know, uh, there are certain statements that you have to be careful when you're making. I love science because I believe it's a manifestation of the wisdom of God. But the moment you start saying, I'm telling you the Bible is real. Even the scientists have said, are you kidding me? You need the scientists to convince you that the Bible is real. So your esteem for the scriptures only comes because the scientists have said it. Never be at that place. Never be at that place. So what if the scientists say it's not real? Because there are some scientists who say it's not real. There are some for, there are some against. By the way, those who are for are doing an incredible job and they're helping a lot of people. But I hope you're getting my point. My point is that we shouldn't be at a place where we don't esteem the word of God just as it is. Praise God. Don't hide your face. I think I'll do a sermon on this. Now let's look at our main text for this moment. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. I want to see from the Amplified. You see what the griefs and the sorrows were. And this is proven by reading it in Matthew 8. It says, surely he has borne our griefs. And what's in the brackets? Sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. And carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. So our griefs there are sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. I want us to realize that just as he carried sin, Jesus also carried sickness. He carried weakness. He carried distresses. And it also shows you that sickness is defined as a grief. So Jesus carried 
sickness. He carried weakness. He carried distresses. You don't have to carry it anymore because the ones he carried were not his. He carried them. And we can prove this by looking at Matthew chapter 8. Let's look at Matthew chapter number 8. And let's look at verse, uh, you give me from the New King James. We're going to look at, we'll focus on verse 16. But perhaps we can start from verse, in verse, in chapter 8, Jesus kept healing. By the way, he kept healing. In verse 3, he tells a leper, I am willing which shows that his will is always to heal. And then after healing the leper, a centurion pleads with him, saying, come heal my child. And Jesus says, I'll come heal him in verse 7. And he said, no, I'm not worthy. Just speak a word. And Jesus marveled at his faith and spoke a word. And he said, go, your child is healed. That's in verse 13. And then in verse 14, again, he heals. It's, it's really a healing chapter. In verse 14, Jesus comes to Peter's house. He saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. Uh -huh. Let's go on, please. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. I love that. It shows what she did after receiving a miracle. She continued serving. And then verse 16, I think that it's a healing chapter. Healing after healing after healing. So if parties were there after healing, I'm sure you know what was happening in that prayer. There was party after party. After party. Now, <laughs> it says, when, heaven, when evening had come, they brought to him. This time they stopped naming the cases one by one. It says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. What did he do? He had a deliverance and healing session. He casted out devils from those who were possessed, and he, please go back. He casted out demons from those who were possessed, and he healed all who were sick. Casted out devils, healed all who were sick. I remember we're from reading Isaiah 54, verse 4, right? We haven't even yet reached the by stripes we are healed yet. No. We're looking at he carried sicknesses. He carried weaknesses. And he carried infirmities. He carried distresses. So he cast out devils. He heals all who are sick. By the way, uh, a person being afflicted by devils is actually part of the ministry of healing. Biblically. So he casts those things out. He heals those who are sick. And look at what Matthew remembers prophetically. Uh -huh. Verse 17. It says, That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So this was not even the fulfillment of by stripes we are healed. This was the fulfillment of he has carried our sicknesses. So what was he doing? He was getting them from him. Imagine, you're saying, put it on me, put it on me, put it on me, put it on me. It couldn't affect him, of course. I mean, he was divine. So he gets them from them. Just like he carried our sin. Remember, 
the principle of the lamb is that you lay hands on the lamb, right? And it carries your sin. Then it's killed. So even before Jesus was crucified, he carried our sins. Oh, we are getting somewhere. Now, scripturally, there is a strong connection between forgiveness and healing. I can show you scripture after scripture, but for today, let's, let's just look at one. Psalm 103. Verse 1 to 3. I'm sure this is one of your favorite ones, eh? Because isn't this chapter, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Right? Yeah. Psalm 103 and verse 3. So the verse 1. So the Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being, bless his holy name. And it goes on to say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It doesn't say forget some of his benefits. It says forget not all his benefits. So meaning as a believer, you are a candidate for all benefits, not some, not two, not three, but all benefits. And we're being told forget not all his benefits. Praise God. And it says who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. It doesn't say some, it says all. He forgives all iniquities, he heals all diseases. Why don't you just say, oh, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and for healing me. Praise God. Now it says, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Have you observed in this scripture that there's a strong correlation between the forgiving and the healing? Even in Isaiah 53, verse 5, which we'll get to, it says he has born, um, but he was wounded for our transgressions, that's sin. He was bruised for our iniquities, that's also in the category of sin. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Are you seeing that? There was no full stop on the sin part. It, he went on and finished and got the healing part. So that shows us something. If there's a strong connection between sickness, between forgiveness and healing, then the manner in which God dealt with sin is the same way he dealt with sickness. Now let's look at how he dealt with sin. Psalm 103 and verse 10. It says, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. So he has not dealt with us according to our sin, nor punished us according to our iniquities. But look at how he dealt with them. He says, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. And as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. I, 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 I want to just explain something here. Ladies and gentlemen, he carried our sins. And then when he carried our sins, remember the lamb would get the sin of the person. Before the lamb was killed, the sin was already on the, the, sin was already on the lamb. 
So after the lamb would get the sin of the person, the lamb would then be killed. In doing that, what the lamb is doing is banishing. When, when the lamb is killed, the sins are banished for good. It means there is no way you can go back in retrospect. The sins are already banished. You can't go back and get them. The person would have to produce new ones. <laughs> Praise God for the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of man for good. Eh? But the person will have to produce new ones because those sins are gone. If, if a person sinned in 2015 and they sacrificed the Lamb at the end of the year, then there are 2015 sins after the Lamb is killed. As, the lamb is, as, as, as it is burning, all those sins, that's how far they are being cast away. So to get them back, you have to put the lamb back together. Now, that's the way he dealt with sin. But I want us to realize, ladies and gentlemen, that he didn't just deal with sin. He dealt with sickness. So first, he carried them. Then when he carried them, he did to sickness what he did with sin. He did with sickness what he did with sin. He says, okay, fine, I've carried them. Now let me deal with them once and for all. And for them to be dealt with what happened, his body had to be torn up. And so he was given 39 lashes. And so they began 39 plus 1. And the weapon that they used had teeth of an animal. The weapon that they used had teeth of a wild animal. So they would, and then he claws out flesh. And that happened. And, you know, when I was praying for this service, I was just thinking of those open wounds. Surely those wounds were not in vain. And when those things were happening, those things were happening, there was something happening to his body. What was he doing? He had already carried sickness. Now what was he doing? He was banishing it. That's why it says, now he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. That's what he said. Now, what does, what does it mean to heal? To heal is to repair. To heal is to, it's, I was reading some of the synonymous words. To heal is to start afresh. To heal, it's synonymous with being made whole. So he didn't just carry them. Now, he doesn't just carry them. He heals our bodies. He repairs them. He remakes them. He refreshes them. He resets them. Resets them to what? The original fashion they were supposed to be in. So the same way he dealt with sin, that's the way he dealt with sickness. And now, for us who are post-Isaiah, how we know it was dealt with is look at how the scripture defines us who are post-Isaiah. We who are post-Isaiah, we don't even say by his stripes we are healed. We look back. Look at what it says in 1 Peter 2 verse 24. It says, who himself bore our sins in his own body. So you see that even with sin we are looking back. On the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. You know, sometimes you hear people say, you know, uh, some, what if this is spiritual healing? Come on. What are you talking about? It's healing from a spiritual source. How we know? Listen, don't, let's not confuse ourselves with all these things that we've just started defining our own. Let's not give excuses for a lack of power or a lack of manifestation. Let's believe the word of God as it is. Let's use it like a hammer. As we keep using it like a hammer, it keeps crashing the wall and crashing the wall. You'll never suffer those sicknesses again. 
Jesus didn't just carry them. He banished them. They are going and never coming back. Today we are, we are executing an order, a divine order from heaven that those sicknesses banish. I sense the anointing of God. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, if anyone in this place, anyone watching, anyone listening, I'm now speaking a word into your body. You may be with somebody else, maybe someone who's not listening. For you, take this as their word. And you're going to go and lay and speak. You go speak over them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command every devil of sickness, get out now, get out in Jesus' name. I command every weakness, every distress, every pain, every ailment, every virus, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, go! I command sick, every sickness of the mind, any emotional weakness, distress, disorders, hormonal disorders. There's someone watching me who's had very bad hormonal disorders. In the name of Jesus, your body is healed. In the name of Jesus, that issue of blood comes to an end now. Oh, I sense God's power. I command blind eyes to open. I declare and declare, anyone who may have a deaf ear, is open now. Serious migraines. I, I, I see, see serious migraines. Very bad migraines. Go! In the name of Jesus. Go now! Go! In Jesus' name. You hold my every moment you come my raging sea. Please follow me. Go down by two and follow me, please. Thank you, Jesus. You hold my every moment. You come my raging sea. You walk with me through fire and heal all my disease. I trust in you. Lord, I trust in you and I believe 
You're my healer. I believe. Thank you, Jesus. Can I have the guitar on? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I can sense this is someone's breakthrough moment. And I believe you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, and I believe that you're my portion. I believe you're more than enough for me. And Jesus, you're all I need. Oh, you carried our sin. You carried sickness. You are wounded for all transgressions and by your stripes we have been healed. Oh Lord, I believe you're my healer. I believe that you Now where you are, I want you to intercede because healing rain is falling on the land. It's falling on the nations. Massive miracles. Massive miracles. People are waking up from comas in their hospital beds. People are waking up from comas. Situations that have been declared there's someone right now they are believing for a man named Chris he's not watching but there's someone believing for his healing in the name of Jesus Chris you are healed Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, oh Jesus, your presence makes me whole. There's a growth on the body that's disappearing. Touch that area. It goes now. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, precious Jesus. Jesus, oh Jesus. 
let's sing it. We say, Jesus, hold me. We sing, Jesus, gracious Jesus, by the Spirit, every home that's represented, every home that's watching, in the name of Jesus, we speak peace in your household, and in the name of Jesus, we banish sickness, we banish it in Jesus' name. We banish it and command it never to come back. Oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was broke with a heavy burden. I was lived a lot of guilt and shame. But one day, the hand of Jesus touched me. And I am no longer the same. Oh, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And no joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know that he touched me and made me Oh, he touched me. Kasama. Oh, he touched me. And oh, a joy that floods my soul. The Lord is raising a generation of people that heal the sick. There's an impartation right now. And now I know He touched me and made me whole. I'm seeing visions of disfigured faces coming back to home. At this very moment, when the, when the world is battling, God has raised the standard of miracles that they may believe. Seeing as they have asked physician, where are you? Hold on, I hear him speaking. They've been asking, physician, where are you? Physician, where are you? And Jesus says, I am here. I am here. The standard of miracles has been raised. Disfigured faces coming back to normal. Limbs growing out. Disfigured faces. I see a disfigured face. I see another person who has had this. It's like a, a sore on the face that just doesn't dry up. It doesn't go away. Not only is it drying up, the skin is coming back to normal. Any skin issues, things that have developed on your skin that are unwanted. Right now, the authority is there. Command them to leave. Just command them to leave. The authority is there. I command skins to be perfected. Skins to be renewed. There's someone who's watching. There's a patch on their head. There's hair that doesn't grow. I see that hair growing out. 
I see it starting to slowly and then increasing. In the next three months, your hair is level. In the name of Jesus, I command that hair to grow out. Maybe they've told you. Oh, I sense the creative power of God. I decree and declare even those that have been needing a miracle in their body, a miracle in their weight, I command that weight, that excess weight that needs to go, I command it to go in the name of Jesus. It's almost like someone will go to the bathroom and it just comes out. I just see it happening. I just see that happening. Praise God. Just a few more minutes. Just allow the miracle power of God. Thank you, Jesus. You are here and you're moving in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here and you're moving in our homes. We worship you. I see people whose conscience is being cleansed. Those who are tormented by thoughts. Those who are tormented by incidences. I declare the blood of Jesus right now, which cleanses our conscience. Praise God. Praise God. Oh my, praise God. Woo! Glory, 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 glory. down by two or three. What, what, I, I can sense. You know how Jesus said virtue has left me? 
I can sense. I want you to, the whole day, the whole week, to keep sharing this watch party. Just give me a G. Keep sharing this watch party. Keep sharing this video. Keep sharing this podcast. The power is still potent. The power is still potent. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Give you strength. I'm just so excited by what the Lord has done. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. Let's go. Glory, glory, hallelujah. And the church is marching on. Come on, sing glory. Let's go. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Sing glory, glory, hallelujah. seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is tramping out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword, and his truth is marching on. Oh, glory! In the beauty of the Christ was born across the sea with the glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us live to make men free. Well, God is marching, Lord. I'll sing that one more time. Listen. In the beauty of the Christ was born across the sea with the glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us live to make them free. For his truth is marching on. Everyone in the studio, let's go. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. Song of the end times. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Yes, it's true. is marching on. One more time, glory, 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 hallelujah. Let's go. Let's go, girl. 
So now this gospel is marginal. It can't be blocked. No one can stop it. We are taking it everywhere. Praise God. I just want you to bless the Lord for that powerful, powerful, powerful word. Just bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. Give the Lord a hand. Hey, now, we have reached a special moment. We have reached a moment of partnership. Just maintain the thing for now. We've reached a moment of partnership. And... I want us just to read 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7, 8, and 9 from the NLT. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, 8, and 9 from the NLT. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. And when he wrote to the church, he said, But as you abound in everything, in faith, speech, even the NLT says, in faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us. I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Give me the NIV, please. The Bible says, just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Paul is telling the church, saying, look, you can't just be excelling in all these other things. You must be excellent also in your giving. And, you know, we are unashamed of preaching every part of the scriptures. The same way we preach one part, we preach the other part as well. And we are unashamed of this act of giving. Now, why are we giving? We just want to progress the work of God. There are many plans. There will be church after COVID. There is life after COVID. There are souls to be won after COVID. There are people to preach to even during this period and after this period. There will be many meetings. There will be need for so many things. The church has to be the most equipped because we are needed. But I want you to know that this that you're doing is not in vain. When Paul tells them to give, notice what he says in the next verse. I am not commanding you, but I want to test, test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. He's saying, if others are being earnest in this period, how about you? And after he tells them about the grace for giving, he tells them why they're in a position to give. Look at this, verse 9. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. There are people who think, Oh, Jesus came for us so we can become spiritually rich. My friend, just read the context. The context was on them giving materially. And afterwards, he tells them, because we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor. He didn't become spiritually poor. He literally became poor for one reason, so that you and I can be rich. Praise God. And so, we have a rich mindset. And we believe we've got a rich God, and we believe he has made us rich. Praise God. Uh, just be on standby. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you for your people. I declare they are blessed. I declare in the name of Jesus, as a man of God, that for their sake, 
there's peace in the land. For their sake, the economy changes. For their sake, there's peace. I see opportunities coming to you that you thought you had lost. I see opportunities being given back to you that you thought you had lost. And Father, I thank you even for everyone who's participated and is participating in this partnership Sunday. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that they are blessed. They are blessed in Jesus' name. Praise God. I must mention that with regards partnership, there are those of you who would prefer, who would want to pledge and perhaps you give at the end of the month or within the space of a month. I want you to just contact us on our page and just say, I want to pledge and then you and leave your number and we'll give you a call. And here in the church groups, I think it'll be a bit easier because we'll just contact you immediately. God bless you all and I love you all. God bless you. Wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. Now, wherever you're listening from, we would like to hear from you. Get in touch with us. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0953756076 or 0977474679. If you're unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Until next time, keep confessing the word of God over your life. Stay blessed.